0: recordings for the podcast and see i say it and bam it happens it's just one of those things but good morning we are a little bit later which we did warn you that about yesterday that we were going to be on a little bit later because we have an awesome guest this morning and what is it today it is tuesday triumph tuesday what are you triumphing over and are you patting yourself on the back for a good job for whatever you accomplished from last week and maybe from the weekend. But good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, AKA Naughty Boss, Lady Can live in a nice sunny day
1: in Vero Beach with you. Sisters, hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva from a bright and sunny North Haven, Connecticut kind of day. Um, We're excited to have a special guest on today. Um, there is so much I can say about this lovely person. Dana is Dana is often referred to her, by her friends as a, and I love this, a psychonaut. Absolutely love that. That says so much about her passion for what she does. Um, she loves self-development, spiritual growth. Um, she is also a life coach and a, let me make sure I say this correctly, a certified death doula. That's right. Without further ado, welcome, Dana, to the Two Sisters podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. All right. Well, thank you, Two Sisters. It's great Woo. to be here.
0: We are so excited, and we really just want to dive right in to let our, our viewers and our listeners know, not many people have heard of a deaf doula. So we're going to cut to the chase, because mm-hmm. we hear a lot about birthing and other avenues of that but i even have never heard of that which is very unusual and obviously give us a little bit about your background and where you kind of pointed in that direction that band that's what you are and what you felt that you needed to be
2: yeah i mean you're right we know a lot about birth doulas actually my younger sister's a, a birth doula and a midwife so they help bring they help moms and help bring babies into the world and i help on the other side of things um help add more ritual into death. And so when someone gets diagnosed, maybe that they're gonna have a few months to live or that they're get to live in hospice for the rest of their life, um, that's a good time to contact a death doula, someone like me, that we can come in, we can meet with the person and we can find out what their desires are and, and make sure that they have everything they want. Like for me, I know I wanna have a glitter station. So you can come in, you can glitterify yourself. And so you have like, you bring that state of joy Some people like to have like a gratitude chair where maybe when people come in before they enter to meet them, they take a moment and they take their shoes off and they just kind of like leave whatever it took them to get there. You know, the, the commute, the traffic, the subway, whatever, and just like take their shoes off, take a minute, like focus before they just come in and bring all that stuff into their room. So there's a lot of little minor things we can do like that of just setting the tone, setting the scene, and also um, working with them on their legacy project. Like, what did they stand for? What did they? What were? What do they want to be remembered by? Um, and also potentially helping any family members that are having a hard time.
0: That is amazing, and I think it's so. For me, almost takes the medical portion out of it that it's more about the like you're saying that really kind of like a pre celebration of life with the family with that loved one and knowing that their life is going to be remembered and stood for something and that they're actually going to celebrate and yes of course obviously the morning is part of that process we know but i think what an avenue to have with other people to, to share in that journey and assist because there's probably kind of like even when you're doing a wedding or a birth announcement, or even, you know, like we talked about having a child come into the world, you have all this planning to do these things and you always forget a bunch of stuff, but how cool is it from the flip side of that? Don't you
1: think, Jan? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think it brings, it must bring such a comforting and authentic approach and, the person that is going through that phase of their lives, knowing that things are done or being, or being done the way that they want them to be remembered by as, you know, a time to celebrate a time to celebrate their life, enjoy their family, enjoy their loved ones, enjoy the memories that come up in all of those conversations.
2: Yeah.
1: So comforting
2: it also can help with the family. Like you said, like the family might be grieving, they might be mourning and they don't want to make all these decisions. Like what would dad have wanted? What would mom have wanted? You know, if you don't know, you don't know. And so you're just guessing. And that just adds an extra layer of complexity into your own process. If, when everything could be really clear, like, you know what, they actually don't want this thing that they thought they wanted 20 years ago, because something shifted in their last 10 years that they believe something different now, and they don't necessarily need that thing to happen. And making sure everyone's on the same page with those conversations can really help.
1: I can imagine so. And I think, you know, we're just going, I'm going back in about five, six months ago when our dad passed away. And I remember specifically one, I was driving him home from a doctor's appointment it was about probably about a month before he passed. And he looked over at me as we were at the stoplight. And he said, I want a party. And he was so excited about that too. It was So, And cute. I knew what he was talking about, but I really wanted to hear more from him. I said, "What well, that, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm not longed for this world. And I, I, I want to party. Do you, and he looked at me very seriously. He said, do you understand? I said, absolutely. But I, I guess I wanted to hear more from him. So it was a great way t- for him to know that things were to the T and he mentioned some little things here and there, but
2: yeah. Like maybe the thing is like the mini hot dogs, you know, or whatever, like there's like little elements that for for different people signify like the best party, you know, and everyone's a little bit different with that. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to sometimes be able to talk about the details. And sometimes having a a third party, someone who's not related can help with that too because you have your own way that you talk to each other and your own kind of patterns of habits um, when it comes to your family. We all kind of fall into these different grooves. And so sometimes it's nice to have a a stranger person come in and you can just really express your desires and no one will think you're ridiculous or anything like that.
0: Right. Because a lot of times... Just as a birth of a child, a wedding, all these big momentous occasions in our world and in our life and our, you know, rituals of living, sometimes they don't go as planned. Not everyone's always on the same page. You may, you know, this person may want this color, but this person wants this color, or it's going to be at this venue, or no idea, that person doesn't want it at that venue. So what do you, and you know, obviously the larger the family, the more, intricate it becomes (laughs) that you're navigating through multiple channels just to our listeners and viewers or what would be some tips that you can offer that is one of the things that comes with what you do
2: I think it's just it's 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 an it's a new field it we've you know death doulas have only been around for about the last 10 years and I think if Um, someone that you know or love is going to be, knows that they have a few months to live, it is a great time to bring in a death doula um, to be able to have those conversations and um, yeah, get the details and really talk to the family and to the dying person about what their needs and wants and wishes are and um, it's a great extra hand to have around through this process of helping the family who's grieving and helping the The person who's dying who's grieving. Um, A lot of times we help them have difficult conversations so they can grieve parts of themselves that are no longer around. Um, And that will help the transition go a little bit easier. And also, it's important to know like different things of like, you know, when the last breath happens, like, do you want somebody in there do you is there somebody you'd like to have in the room with you there's somebody who you'd not like to have in the room with you and sometimes when family gets involved we make assumptions or we th- think that we have to do things a certain way and so it we we offer a little bit of freedom um to the dying person and to their families
0: well mm-hmm. that's good so options i mean options are, are yeah. keep in keeping things neutral and like you said joyful and making it as peaceful of a process really helps them enter into that next journey in a more peaceful, calm manner.
2: Yeah, and we can also encourage family members to have maybe some difficult conversations with them that they've been waiting to have or that they're scared to have so that they can then move on with more ease. You know, if they can say the I love yous, the thank yous, the I'm sorrys, that often lifts a big heavy burden off of everyone and helps everyone move on you know just better
1: so well stated and while there's just so much to say about what you do and i can't even fathom um when somebody has to make that call and i assume that you probably work in conjunction with hospice
2: yeah yeah, so we don't do any of the medical stuff, but hospice is a great ally and a great partner. And hospice is really um, the perfect environment for a death doula to kind of be in. We can help, we do guided visualizations um, with, with, the, with the person. We offer presents. We often just are there to hold their hand, to be with them, um, to listen if they have something they'd like to say. Um, uh, but we don't do any, we're not offering pills. We're not doing anything like that. Um, but we work really in conjunction with hospice right now, obviously with COVID things are a little bit different. Um, so I'm excited. I just got my second vaccine and I am excited to, um, get, get, uh, some hands-on, um, as in the coming months.
1: That's great. Um, and sorry about that. There was a little bit of a lag because I had put myself on mute as I have a little bit of a cough. So I do apologize for that. Um, you know, most a lot of the times I like to just go ahead and mute my sister without her even knowing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah,
2: she's laughs> Got good at that.
1: Got to bring up some funny stuff. So moving right along, I would also love to talk about you became a life coach and you were in the PR firm for quite a few years and then all of I don't want to say all of a sudden, but what what I always love to hear about a person's transition from being in the corporate world to where you are now, what was the tipping point for you and what would be a great suggestion for our listeners to hear that, you know, perhaps obviously with everything going on, that they can relate to that and they can start thinking about how they wish to proceed if they want to do something like that
2: sure well um, let's see I became an entrepreneur in 2007 I was in my mid-20s and um, that's when I started whitegate PR and it's a PR firm that specializes in the pet industry and so for the last 15 years I've been helping all different types of pet companies um, make a lot of money and about a year ago uh, about a year and a half ago I had a moment where I thought that's it I'm I I want to help people. I'm going to become a social worker. So I connected with um, just actually, as soon as I decided that, that week, like four women that I knew, and I didn't even know they were social workers came into my life. And I had these conversations with them and they were like, no, don't, don't do it. Don't get your, I was wanting to get a master's in social work. And they all told me, don't do it. And I ended up hiring a coach who also is um, a licensed social worker, and she also encouraged me to not become a social worker. Appar- There's just like a lot of red tape and a lot of bureaucracy um, involved. And so that was why they kind of all were leaning me against it. And I'm so grateful for those conversations. I'm so grateful for them just coming out of the blue and telling me things about their, you know, experience. Um, but let's see about almost exactly a year ago, March 14th of last year, I flew to Guatemala to go to a retreat and I ended up getting stuck there for three months. I was stuck in paradise, <sighs> SIP. And, um, I had a little bit of time and space. I was still doing PR. I was still working with my clients down there, but I had a little bit of time and space to really think about what do I want and what do I want my life to be? And what do I want my life more force energy to, 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 be for. And um, I decided to shave my head as a reminder to um, not do public relations and marketing anymore. Um, the, the, you know, because I've been doing it for so long, there's something very seductive about it for me, where it's very easy to just say yes to more PR clients. And so I've um, had to say no to that and move forward with what I really want to do, which um, I believe my purpose is, which is to help people. And that's where the life coaching and the death doula work comes in. So to those to people out there who are wondering, I mean, yeah, following your dream. You know, there was a time when being an entrepreneur was my dream, and it was scary. And then it got comfortable, and it got easy. And now it's like I'm in the next shift. And you have to just get out of your comfort zone to keep pursuing
1: hmm.
2: what it is, whatever that is for you.
0: I agree. We we often uh, talk about you know whatever your dreams are. Oops, she goals are don't let them go to the graveyard, I mean just you know the, the first step is actually taking a step to try it, doesn't mean that it's going to even meet up to the standards that or even concoct what you in your head what you really actually thought it was going to be but you're not going to know unless you do it and so many people I think over this last year have had to shift have had to pivot whatever they were doing because obviously they were forced with with the virus others it gave them that opportunity to like sit back what do i really want out of life what do i want to do what do i want to pursue who do i want to help who do i want to serve so it really was paramount and i think those are the blessings that blessings that came from the virus because it really did shift people into a new direction that even though they might have thought about it they might might not have pursued it and I always think of the virus as that's the blessing, that it pushed people into a, a direction that maybe they were tiptoeing in and they say, hey, you know what, I'm going to give it a whirl. And guess what? If it doesn't work, I tried it and I knew I did. So then I move on to the next thing. So I, I think there's, some, there's something to say about the goodness of the last 12 months, not just the negative and the sadness that came from it.
1: Right. And I think the other thing too is, and what I find very interesting is when you were at that moment where you did decide that you wanted to be um or get your master's in, in social to be a social worker, that those people just came into your life. That was the universe's way of saying, uh uh you go <laughs> this way instead of that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow.
0: Well, I believe that that's what, you know, the, the the universe has a bigger message and they they plant those seeds, which are, they could be angels, they could be, you know, people that you're, you're confident that are g- going to give you that right direction of what you want to do in life, but they're there for a purpose and have a bigger meaning. And sometimes, sadly, we're not always open to the signs of those that are entered into our life for a purpose.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was like nice and strong. It was like four women all at once and I wasn't even seeking them out, you know? It's like they kind of just, one, I invited a friend over to do a pumpkin making and she brought a friend with her who was was an advertising director and she had a master's in social work and it just like came up in conversation and we weren't even, I wasn't even expressing, you know, my thing. So um, yeah, you never know who, where and who your little, your little inklings are going to come from.
1: Well, there's so much to be said about that, because that really led you down the road that you were supposed to be on. How long did it take you to become a life coach? Because I know a lot of, I've heard a lot of friends kind of saying, oh, you know, I want to become a life coach. Like, you know, I'm just going to get my certification tomorrow and it doesn't work like that.
2: Yeah, I know. There's a big, I feel like it's really popular to be a life coach right now. And there's a lot of life coaches out there. Mm -hmm. It's something that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And I've been thinking about, and, um, actually even about 10 years ago, I was working with a running coach and he was like, "Dana, you should be a life coach. I have someone for you. I was like, no, 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 no. And, um, you know, it's a lot of times, um, we have this imposter syndrome that scares us from chasing our dreams, but I would say it took me um, about six months to um, to pull everything together. I also um, uh, am being trained personally by it's actually the uh, the ex chief of police for all of New York City, and he's a life coach, and he's been training me over the last couple of months. Um, as well. He's a neighbor and a friend and uh, a yoga buddy. And so that's been a real blessing to have some hands on training um, through the IPEC training program.
1: Wow, that is wonderful. And and speaking of yoga, I know that you're kind of uh, obviously a yoga buff, but you love doing that. What else do you love doing? I know that you do. I love
2: hot yoga. I'm a, I'm, I'm a hot yoga fan. So, um, that's, you know, I think it's an opportunity for me to get my, all the things I want to do every morning, which is like breathe, sweat, uh, relax, meditate. I get it all in one. So it's like my whole one hour goes by and I'm, I'm good to go. But, um, I love doing a lot of different modalities. Um, I'm also a Reiki practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also writing a book right now. I'm writing a memoir. It's almost done, hopefully soon. Um, I live right on the beach. I love to go for beach walks. I also have two two kitties that I like to play with or they're always interested in what I'm doing. Um, Luckily they don't find podcasts that amusing. So they're both
1: Uh-huh. Well, I'm so excited to hear about your book. Um, you know, I'm kind of into all that, that stuff as well. And I just did something very scary yesterday and hit the send, send button on my first anthology series. So, Ooh. Um, and then Carol soon, I have her book coming out shortly. So congrats on that. It, it's exciting. Like that's n- not something that I ever thought I would do. And I love to hear from other people that are in the process of writing books or have written a book what made you want to tell your story because i think that's kind of important too because it's often a segue into your overall being of where you are in your life
2: yeah, so actually uh, one of the one of the hot yoga instructors um, runs a writing workshop. and so I used to go on the weekends and go to this writing workshop and I started pu- putting together these stories. And um, when I went to Guatemala, I brought this this book with me of all these short stories that I had written. and I um, actually had a moment to just sit down and like put them all into the computer. And originally, I thought that my book was gonna be about codependency and pets. And so I actually wrote that book. And through that process, I realized there was a different book that I wanted to write, which was my story. And so now I'm gonna, I am gonna turn that into a white paper Um, eventually that can be a download for people to to read Um, because I did a lot of research and I interviewed a lot of people. Um, But through that process, I realized I just wanted to tell my story. I wanted to share my journey. And so my my book's a memoir. It's an exciting adventure um, through what my life has been so far. And that's also a big piece of of the life coaching. It's something that I want to be able to give my clients so that they can have um, more of a reference point of who I am and how I can serve them.
0: That's amazing. What is the name of your book?
2: I don't have a title yet. I'm working with a few different things, um, so t- 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 it's coming soon. Um, but I am almost finished. I am I am almost finished. Um, so the title will have to uh, reveal itself soon.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's awesome. That's that's part of the fun of thinking that that one one liner whatever, one word, whatever it may be, it's going to pop when you least expect it, and I'm sure it's going to be amazing.
2: Yeah.
1: That is wonderful. And I get so excited when I hear stories like that, because it really is a basis for your potential clients or your clients that you already have to really take a look in direction at your life, where you were, uh, where you've been, and where you're going to. And a lot of times people will relate more to that rather than here, here I am. I'm your life coach. Let's do this, this, and this. They relate more because there's similarities.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's about being relatable, more relatable and really, um, yeah, sharing my, my ups and downs and my pains and my, all the things so that, um, I can be a little bit show the honest path that I've been on and, um, hopefully inspire others that, that's awesome.
1: Hi. May, I, may I ask, are you, um, when you have your book, are you going to be, will it be available via Amazon?
2: Um, yes, it will be on Amazon and it will also hopefully be in some bookstores. That's
1: <laughs> awesome. That's oh, so exciting. Exciting.
2: Very wow. exciting. When, when is your, are you, did you write a book together? What yes, we did. We're,
0: we did we're just finalizing some of the details and that should be coming out. Well, this will be obviously it's got to go to the editor and all that. So we're, yeah. we're getting there. Yeah.
1: We're getting there with awesome. that. But yesterday, um, I submitted my first anthology series and I am nine. I think there's nine of us all together. So, I was like, oh my God, I just hit the sun button. So and this is would be my for although it's my first anthology, would be my 14th co-authored project.
2: Ah. And,
1: and there's always that, you know, when I hit the sun button, it's exciting but nerve-wracking. So we're all very excited. And and Carol Sue's on that project and
0: very excited yeah. about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we feel your excitement and <clears throat> I can't wait to hear how, we can't wait to hear how your books go.
2: So how do you, how do you celebrate these little like milestones as they happen? Cause I'm getting ready to be done with my, um, I'm on chapter 11 and I have 14 chapters and, um, I definitely want to take a moment to celebrate. Is there anything that you've done to celebrate these, like these little milestones as they click in?
1: Yes. I go out for a martini. Woohoo! That's fun. <laughs> Cause it's cocktail hour somewhere. Hello. <laughs> no, it's just, it, it's just a way, um, you know, I a couple of times I've did that. You know, one time I went for another kickboxing session and I was like, you know, really pounding on that, that bag, but it's just so exciting to know that whatever you have written about that it can impact somebody literally around the world in seconds. And I have one of my co-authors that I was speaking with yesterday. She says, I just have a hard time grasping that. And I said, yes, I understand that. And in many respects, I do too. When you think about how you can access material at just the click of a button. You
0: know, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. And it does make it... It's, you know, it does serve a lot of purposes for a lot of people that, especially in this past year, if they couldn't, you know, depending on what state they lived in, if they were closed down, they couldn't get to a store and or sadly a lot of brick and mortar book stores are actually closing, which is sad. And I hope that that doesn't uh, affect libraries because, you know, there's nothing, nothing more cool for a child to to go to the, the library and take out a book and whatnot. And libraries serve so many different purposes with not just the physical books but you know what they really impact in the community for classes and reading and you know it's a great avenue for children to learn to love to read and actually feel a book versus just clicking a button in a digital thing but that's the age that we're in so it happens like that well, where, where could our, our our viewers and listeners, how could they reach out to you, Dana? And we're going to make sure that we actually do put your links or whatnot underneath. And we would love to do a follow-up when your book is actually released. And maybe that would be kind of going inside with at least the anthology book. You never know. So that would be kind of
2: cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. So people can find me. It's pretty easy. It's lifecoachanddeathdula.com or danahumphrey.com. Also, if you're on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Dana K. Humphrey. I'm also on Facebook under my name, Dana Humphrey. So
0: Awesome. Well, we are so excited for you. We so appreciate your input. really gave us and our viewers and our listeners another avenue of really making sure that, A, the death experience is as positive as it can be. And really putting in those measures to make it joyful and, and celebrate that person's life that that, you, that we so love. In addition to really listening how you came from the corporate world and pivoted and really show that people can do it. You just got to get the courage and take that first step. So we would love to do a follow-up with that. Today is Trending Tuesday, everyone. What are you going to be trending about? Triumph. Be, or triumph Tuesday. What did you triumph over? You probably thought you couldn't accomplish one thing or another and all of a sudden you did it you know whether it was something small as getting up and making your bed or cleaning out that closet or getting your fitness on reading that book spending time with those loved ones whatever it is whatever is going you've triumphed over so pat yourself on the back a little bit and give yourself some joy and love with that this is carol sue aka naughty boss lady can alive from a nice bright sunny vero beach along with my sister, the better half of two
1: sisters. Hey, everyone. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 3.0. I'm not downgrading that. And what I am trying triumphing over today is I didn't have to mute my sister today. Amen. Hey, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us. Dana, once again, thank you so much for being here. And we can't wait to have you on again. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.